0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A lot of bread on the screen today in the Grain Complex. I guess you know what goes up has to come down once in a while, even if it's just for a a smidge on a Tuesday. We're, of course, going to take a look at what's been going on in the soybean market. I actually saw a quiet day But ran out of some gas, and that's why we ended up in the red. And question on these December contracts for corn, are we going to be able to hit that contract high? And could that happen this week? And as we all know, elections are still having a hold on what the markets are doing. And having said that, as we will be talking about the elections and the fact that it's still being factored into these markets in no way. Does the guest and I have any uh, inclination to which direction we're leaning politically? Just want folks to know that it is just a discussion on what's been happening in the markets. And you can hear her chuckling in the background. That is Sue Martin. Sue is with Agate Investment out of Clary and Iowa. And you got to kind of set that straight when it comes to these elections, Sue. And I think I want to start there because they seem to have and continue to have a hold on the market as we really are getting into the countdown of not many
1: days left. Well, that's true. We have a week left to go and then we'll have the presidential elections and of course the Senate. But um I think what's going on is, you know, about if we backed up about two weeks ago or so, uh, we had heard that uh clearing firms and the exchanges were going to be raising margins on commodities, but they didn't say which. We assumed it would be like S and Ps, the Dow, the dollar, um Gold, silver, those kind of markets. But they didn't really define equity markets. They basically said commodities. So it held everybody at bay. And, of course, as we got closer, that meant that the funds would probably be doing some re, um, how do I say it, changing their structure of how many positions they were holding of various different markets because funds have a regulation where they can only trade so much of a percentage Uh, and that's usually within their contracts or agreements that they have for their funds so when it came out here last week that they were going to basically not touch you know ag markets it was going to be silver gold the dollar all currencies and of course the um uh NASDAQ, the Dow, the S&P, those markets, well, that basically set the stage then for, you know, ag markets to start feeling a little better. However, I think between all the chaos and all the rhetoric that we have been hearing, I think traders, the public in general, not so much the funds now, but the public is a little nervous. And I think they're as we keep trying to push this market up towards the highs, I think we're seeing some liquidation happening, and then we have um depend on parts of the country basis is quite strong. You go to Indiana and it's very, very strong, even for January futures, twenty cents over the board for beans um you know it's just there is demand out there, and then you have a hurricane that or a tropical storm that's expected to turn into a hurricane zeta that is expected to be coming on shore, and um that could you know, delay getting ships loaded and, and, you know, the commercials are trying hard to get more beans, even though harvest is starting in that last little phase of winding down. Um, there's such good demand for beans that they keep trying to bid for them, but they also are trying to get the ships loaded and out the door.
0: Well, there has been, I mean, I know the basis talk, it seems like it's a lot higher in the Eastern Corn Belt than it is the Western. What are you hearing is for the differentiates between the two?
1: Well, I think um in the eastern, you know, they're closer to the rivers, they're um the main rivers like the Mississippi and what have you. Um, I also think that they had some weather issues. There were some dry areas, no doubt, but there had been some areas that got a little later planted this year, uh like in Illinois and so I think what we're seeing is um certain areas are seeing a pickup of um you know, the demand trying to get these barges down the river before they the rivers freeze. And they're low as it is. So I think that's what we're seeing is trying to get these barges moving. And the commercials want to get them loaded so that they can get that product down to the Gulf. And then, of course, the other the grain going out of the Pacific Northwest has been quite strong, too. So uh, there's just this good demand. Uh, COVID is picking up around the world. And not only in the U.S. but around the world, and so it's it's just coming back, sort of like with a vengeance, sort of like flu does. And I think that's you've got countries that are stepping up their um, buying, their importation of various commodities, raw commodities, because they don't want to get caught without. And so I think that's the other thing: realizing that if COVID was to get worse enough or bad enough that it could slow loadings down because of manpower. Well, we know, and I we're going to
0: have to probably continue this into the second half, but uh, soybeans, I mean, they have had such a great couple of days. Last week into yesterday's trade, overnight, things started to dip to the lower.
1: Did they run out of steam? Um, I think for now, you know, as we get closer to that $11 area, um, it seems like we're running a little bit low on gas or or we're getting quieter um on the push to the highs. So I think when we look at the market here, um, you know, we pushed and came back, but you look at November beans, ten eighty two and a quarter, you compare that to the March contract and you're twenty two cents or twenty one and three quarter cents over the uh, March futures. So we have a beautiful inverted uh basis here or, or market and that's telling you there's demand up front. They want the the product. Bean oil, too, is doing the same thing. It's gaining on uh, deferred contracts, even the January. And so you've got the market and likewise soy meal. So there is strong demand even in the products. And, of course, Malaysian palm oil hit, you know, all-time record highs again. So you, that's being supportive to beans, but even bean oil suffered a little bit today. But um, it really did have a, a, a pullback. and is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio
0: Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin. She is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. We're going to continue to talk a little soybeans. And I, I like before we went to break, you were you were talking about this eleven dollar kind of level that's kind of overshadowing the market. Can we hit that and maybe even go beyond? considering
1: the demand that we continue to get from china and others well i think you can it just depends on how aggressive you know the market was working down today but it just um it wasn't the it wasn't as snappy as it could be let's put it that way Usually, when a market peaks, you know it's gonna be nasty and and but it could be that it just gets the ball rolling and pretty soon it's rolling even faster as it comes down. Um, I'm not sure we're totally done. I think there's still some room for this market to bounce back one more time uh, between now and uh, maybe when the elections start. But on the same token, I don't see it just it's it's not like it's really racing. You know, last Friday when the markets moved, they were on a mission. And we didn't have that today. There was little news, and it was just quiet.
0: We didn't get the export information we usually get during that 8 o'clock hour. And do you think that kind of added to that whole psychological feel
1: of the trade today? I think so. I think the fact that we didn't have any exports announced was a disappointment. Um, you know, no corn, no beans. and But I will say this, um, You know, Mexico, from January through September, Mexico's corn imports from the U.S. are up 3.6% from a year ago. And so that is good news. Um, You know, you look around the world and there's weather kind of influencing various countries that are, you know, producers of corn and wheat. And and soybeans, too, but corn and wheat especially. And so it seems like there's just so many areas having issues. France, Russia, Ukraine. Now, Russia is supposed to be catching a little bit of rain. But on the same token, you look here in the U.S. and the moisture coming across the hard red winter wheat is supposed to be, you know, that's a good thing for them, those areas. And, of course, weighing on the market. Look at Brazil and argentina and they are catching some showers but the showers so far in brazil are not heavy showers they're like 30 hundreds to 80 hundreds maybe a half inch to an inch you know they need they've been dry for a while they need better rains than that but it is enough to get them started and get them planting will the december corn be able to
0: get to that contract high and will it be this week or will it be next or more
1: well, I continue to think that the Dease contract will get through the four twenty three and a half and a half high. When it does that, it opens the door then to look at last year's December contract that had a high of four seventy three and a half. and a half. And then the market will have the opportunity to start chugging a little forward push, maybe up towards 440. But, and, and wave four is 502. So, you know, that's a ways away. But for now, I think the demand is still good for for corn. You know, you look at um, uh, chicken um, laying hens and um, egg sets and and they're up over 3%. And so I think that that's all demand oriented. I think we're in demand markets. And when you're in demand markets, they have to be fed consistently with some good news.
0: Can we see those demand, as we switch gears, see those demand markets for both the live cattle and the lean
1: hogs? Well, I think hogs are into a a good market. Um, I think that here's another market, though, that is kind of catching some selling, remaining pretty discount to the cash index, no doubt. But uh, when I look at the hog market, I still, I can't sell it. We're catching a healthy correction here. But I think this correction's gonna end up being an opportunity to re own or to own it.
0: What about for the live cattle? I know that they I mean, they've had some struggles this week. Is that gonna and last week as well, is that gonna have an influence on what we see in this cash trade this week?
1: Well, I think so. I think that uh, Susan, when I look at the cattle market, grossly oversold, it's had quite the spill. Our indicators, the ones that I like to use, are still negative but like a heartbeat away from turning positive. You have feeder cattle, January feeders, for example, got between a wave four and a wave five. I've seen wave five once, and it was in cattle in 2016 when we put the low in. And I look at the fats, and they've gotten below a wave four, and now we're coming back up over it. I think the cattle market looks to me like we're looking at, first off, box beef prices, you know, kind of cratered here for a little bit. But now they've gotten cheap and the demand has resurfaced because everybody's back to filling their freezers and going and buying all the toilet paper and the paper towels and you name it. What we looked at today, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number's
0: is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. Thanks so much. Sue Martin's been joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.